This morning we continue our last affirmation in the Covenant Church, which is the Freedom in Christ affirmation. When we were talking in our staff meeting this week, um, I just told Claire and Jamie, we we could go into so many offshoots with this sermon, so I I hope that I will be concise and I will land very clearly in in one main topic. And, And that really comes down to our loving each other in Christ and loving one another as Christ loved us. And that is how, when we work out our freedom the most, it is for God's glory and our neighbor's good. So I hope that as we talk about some of these things, that that will be the the focal point that we keep coming back to. Um, Will you pray with me before we start? Jesus, thank you so much for the freedom that you offer us when we allow you to forgive us for our sins and we allow you to let your new life live in us and reign in us. Father, this world tells us that we can do whatever we want. This world tells us that we should think about ourselves first. God, that, that is such a lie and it, it hurts so many people and it hurts our relationship with you. So Lord, help us to have that balance of loving ourselves the way that we want other people to love us and help us, Lord, to put you first and to remember that we, um, at the end of the day, are accountable to you and, and you alone. So Lord, set us free to live in right relationship with you and with each other. And Lord, I also pray for, for those of us that have maybe stories where legalism and maybe our story is what, what we do or what we don't do depends on our standing with you. God, set us free from that too and help us, Lord, to live in the freedom that it is to be loved by you, to be your children, and to to glorify you in all we do and say. And I pray that for all of us. Um, Lord, this morning we think of Meg Nosworthy as she's running the New York Marathon in a couple hours. Father, we pray that you fill her with strength. God, we pray that you fill her with joy, that she would um, just have such a glorious time and, and that she would have the energy and strength she needs to complete this marathon. Keep her safe and keep Chris and their children safe as they travel. Lord, we continue to lift up Stephen's father and for his, um, his life and the illness that is um, part of his life right now. Father, we pray for healing and restoration for him. God, that you would be with the physicians who are caring for him, that you would give them wisdom and guidance. Lord, we pray for, for hope and the reality just of that our home is for, forever in heaven with you, God, and that is our goal. And so, Lord, give us that hope when we struggle with, with fear and with things that complicate our lives. Um, Thank you, God, so much for this day, and we love and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was going to ask you all, too, as I was finishing with prayer, to lift up a guy named Brian Alness. Um, Brian is a good friend of mine and my husband's. He's one of the directors. He's the executive director at Lake Beauty Bible Camp up in Long Prairie. The Covenant Church has a lot of camps. Um, the, The camp that New City kids would go to would be Covenant Pines Bible Camp up in McGregor. Lake Beauty is one that's part of the outstate Minnesota camps, and it's up in Long Prairie. And on Wednesday, I got a text message from a friend that he was in ICU from COVID complications, and he's only in his, I think, his early 50s and is fighting for his life right now. And it's amazing to think of the Covenant Church and all the people that are lifting him up. And so I just ask you to lift him up and um, that at the end of the day that God would be glorified no matter what. Um, and for his family. So this morning, so I'm going to ask my friend Andrew to bring up our first slide. 
Yay, okay. We have been through a journey of the six affirmations of what we say yes to in the covenant. Centrality of the word of God, the necessity of the new birth, the conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit, a commitment to the whole mission of the church, the church as a fellowship of believers, and today is the reality of freedom in Christ. So take your papers. I'm sorry I don't have like a clipboard for you. I hope you'll be able to manage. Um, I want you to create an image that conveys what freedom looks like to you. So just take a couple minutes and on your paper, it doesn't matter if you're artsy or not or creative, when you think of the word freedom, what does it look like? As you think about the freedom that we have in Christ, kind of what I set up with our children, the reality of freedom in Christ, next slide, Andrew. In the Covenant Church, we seek to focus on what unites followers of Jesus Christ rather than what separates them. The center of our commitment is a clear faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've heard the story of John Wesley before, but I want to read you a short, short story about John Wesley. And it's titled, Refuse to be Trapped by Your Past. He had no one to help him become a lawyer or a politician. He was not interested in the army. He had no desire to be a doctor. Therefore, the only obvious career in those days for a man of his background was to become a clergyman in the Church of England. Just think about that for a second. He had no other options, so his final option was to become a pastor. I think there's more to that story that I would love to like, understand about John Wesley, but that was it for him. He tried to make himself acceptable to God in his job as a pastor by keeping the whole law inwardly and outwardly. He got up early. He prayed. He denied himself. He tried to earn forgiveness and peace by increased effort, but he groaned under a heavy yoke. On May 24th, 1738, at 8.45 p.m., he heard someone reading a book by the great reformer Martin Luther. And if, if you know Martin Luther, I'll just remind you if, if you don't, Martin Luther's story was that he, he finally realized that we are saved by grace. It's grace alone that we are saved, not by anything that we can do for God. And so he heard someone reading a book by Martin Luther, and he later described, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. An assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley became one of the greatest preachers ever, preaching over 40,000 sermons centered on freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. He had, as he put it, exchanged the faith of a servant for the faith of a son. He was free at last. Freedom is the word that best sums up the Christian life. You too are free. Therefore, refuse to be trapped by your past. And so in the covenant church, we come around the center that says our faith in Jesus Christ and our understanding that we are saved through grace and grace alone is what puts us in the middle together with brothers and sisters in Christ. And also the reality that we all need to be saved and set free from sin. Not, not one of us is good enough. We all stand in constant need of Jesus. So next slide. So this is an interesting thing that can, you know, rub everybody in, in certain ways. How do we approach the concept of freedom? In our Western culture, freedom is often understood as autonomy and independence. You know, we see, I remember when our son Will was like in eighth grade, it was, the, um, the theme was America. 
America. That was how it was. And, and we think about how the freedom that we have in Christ um, obviously informed our freedoms in our nation when our nation began to, to have a place where people could exercise their freedom of worship, could have you know, freedom to vote and to live and to thrive. But really, our freedom in Christ is way different than our freedom that comes to us as American citizens. And really, the autonomy and independence that we have, we can exercise all that freedom, but if our freedom is not for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbor, then our independence and our freedom is actually bringing us back to chains and to slavery. Next slide, Andrew. I love this picture. As Christ followers of what should our sandy understanding of freedom be. And it's this beautiful picture of birds being set free from a cage. And, and I love that because when, when Jesus sets us free, we are no longer in a cage of sin and despair and death. He sets us free into freedom and life. And that is such a beautiful image to think about. Next slide, Andrew. So how do we know what things make us free? Jesus said this, if you continue in my word to Jesus, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Next slide. Liberation is one of the Bible's major themes. Throughout the Bible, the storyline is God and his people, and not just freedom from, but from freedom to. So again, if, going back to the Old Testament, if you know your Bibles, um, the people of Israel were in bondage for 430 years to the day in Egypt, and uh, God called Moses, a man who claimed he couldn't talk because he had a stutter and had his brother talk for him. And God did these miraculous things through him um, to, to help the, the Egyptian people know that God was calling his people to, to freedom. And it was 10 plagues and Pharaoh still wouldn't listen. And finally, after the last plague, the people get to go and they go out in the desert. And the original reason was to go out to worship, to worship God and to be um, people that were free to worship God. And then God freed them and freed them from being slaves and, and to bring them to a new land that they could be in. And so that, that storyline throughout the Bible is that God is calling us not from freedom from something, but freedom to, and that freedom is to him. Andrew, you can do the next slide. Jesus came as God's anointed one to continue God's program of liberation. He sets us free, according to Paul, from the power of sin to condemn, control, and destroy. Um, if you've got your Bibles on with you or your Bible apps, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 23. And this is kind of a passage that sets us up for our passage in Galatians um, that Jamie read for our sermon and it's, it's really interesting to think about the, the early church and how complicated it was for the early church. The early church was made up of Jewish people that were followers of Christ, but then it was also um, encapsulated by non-Jewish people who had lived completely different lives than Jewish people. And so some of the complications came that they, um, if you were a non-Jew, you were a Gentile, and a lot of the Gentiles were involved in pagan worship. And so you had this, this mix of people very different from each other, very different from backgrounds and practices and, and understanding of worship together in one place. And it was really messy and complicated. You had people coming from, from temple worship where, you know, Yahweh was worshipped and there was nothing, um, there was, they were understanding that there was one God and that was um, who he was and there was nothing else with that. And then you had pagans coming in who, 
who worshipped idols. They, um, they would offer food to idols. They would, they would sacrifice foods to idols. And so they had these really um, very different schools of thought of worship coming together, and it was hard and complicated. And they, but they all had Christ together. So the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. He says, I have the right to do everything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. That's in 1 Corinthians 10, 23 and 24. So that really comes to us as followers of Christ together. Is how, do we, how do we say, yes, you have the right to do anything, but it's not always going to be beneficial. And you have the right to do anything, but not everything is going to be constructive. And how do we not seek just our own good, but our good together as brothers and Christians? brothers and sisters in Christ. And that was the early church trying to sort that out, but they were always coming back to what had Jesus freed them from and what was Jesus freeing them to. Next slide, Andrew. So we come to this center point of Galatians where it says, for freedom Christ has set us free. That's in Galatians 5.1. And thus empowered, the believer not only seeks to obey and follow God, but to effect the liberation of others from the sins and oppressions of their lives. This freedom is in Christ. It's not just us coming up with a list of do's and don'ts, but we say, as Christ has set you free, so how can I live, in a, live my life and show other people how Jesus can set them free as well? Next slide, Andrew. I love this picture because it's um, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, um, it shows just a, a snippet of what the body of Christ can look like, kind of like us together. Authentic freedom manifests itself in a right relationship with God and others. That is the main point. Next slide, Andrew. So how do we do this in the Evangelical Covenant Church in regards to this freedom? So I'm just going to read this to you from the Covenant Affirmations booklet says, within these parameters, the principle of freedom applies to doctrinal issues that might tend to divide. And doctrine just really is a word that says, like, help, like the best and helpful things that we can do to live our lives in, in understanding of God's word and his instructions to us. With a modesty born of confidence in God, the covenanters have offered to one another theological and personal freedom where the biblical and historical record seems to allow for a variety of interpretations of the will and purposes of God. This is a really important statement that I posit because it says, we will offer theological and personal freedom where the biblical and historical record seems to allow for a variety of interpretations. And when we come to God's word, that's why we start at the centrality of the word of God. We believe that every God has for us is in this book. It's not just a book for, you know, personal, personal help and best practices, but saying God's word is true and live and active and, and he will change us and transform us. But he also has some hard and solid fast things in here that, and that's where we don't differ and we don't um, go off into our own personal freedoms. And that's a whole other sermon topic in itself. Um, but I just want to give that to you as, as a place to land and to say in the covenant church there are going to be places where maybe the biblical and the historical record is not clear and that's where we allow for freedom in Christ but where there's things that it's hard and fast and it's documented especially supported in the Old Testament New Testament and through historical record we say that is where we land on hard and fast um, this is at times led to controversy over such matters as baptism 
the second coming of Christ, the precise nature of inspiration or how the atonement may be understood in various matters of life and practice. So for, for instance, and it's really exciting that we have baptism next week, um, baptism is one of those things where the historical biblical record seems to offer a variety of interpretations because there was um, baptisms of whole households, and it was because of the identity in Christ that when you were baptized, you were, you were forming a new identity. And so when, when um, let's say that Mr. Farley became a Christ follower and his, his whole family had not known Christ, his whole family would become followers of Christ together and the whole family would be baptized into Christ. And that was pretty radical because baptism was a mark of identification. It, it said, I am not going to be associated with the, a pagan way of life or I'm not going to be associated with the way of life that I was in my whole household with me is being baptized into that new life in Christ. We also have um, examples in scripture like in Acts chapter 8 when Saul encounters, um, not Saul, when Philip encounters the Ethiopian eunuch and he's talking to him and, he, and the guy says to him, what, what keeps me from being baptized? Look, here's water. Let's get it done. And, and he's baptized as a believer. So we have, we have times in, in the church history and in biblical texts where there's, there's both. And so that's where the covenant has been sometimes been accused of being wishy-washy that we affirm the, the baptism of infants and the dedication of infants and also the believer baptism. But that's, that's where we get that, that um, historical and biblical record for that. Next slide, Andrew. So thinking about this, just to be coming back to what is our freedom in Christ. First of all, it's the freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Remember that image of the handcuffs or the chains. Just think about like how sin chains us up. And Paul is reminding them, don't let yourselves get chained up again. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping with this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, too, if you bite and devour one another, look out. You're going to be destroyed by each other. So he reminds us, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires was contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit was contrary to the flesh. You know, I just wanted to... to offer this up to you. I know that the times in my life where I am living, living or doing things that are completely contrary to God, he does not let my flesh be, be, um, be in it. I know that there's times where I, I feel the, the discomfort that the Holy Spirit will bring of saying, something's not right. You are, you are off. And I say, pay attention to that. You know, God, God has made us mind, body, soul, and spirit. And pay attention to when you might be living in a way that is not God's best for you or for another brother and sister of Christ with you. Pay attention to that. Walk by the Spirit. Um, the Apostle Paul says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's so important. We are not to do whatever we want, and that's why we need each other as the body of Christ. We need each other to say, you know what, I think, I think I'm struggling in this area. Pray for me. Help me. What do you think about this? That's why we do life together. We don't do our, our faith in, in isolation, and that's part of that freedom. We come together. He reminds us, too, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, and that comes back to there's not this checklist of things that, that God is ready to strike you down for about. He says, I'm going to set you free so that you can live a life that's honoring to me and honoring to, to your relationship with others. Next slide, Andrew. 
And this is where the Apostle Paul tells us this. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies alike. I tell you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's so important to think about that when we are set free from our sin, that we can't go back to this life anymore. God will not let us be comfortable in it. And it's so important to say, you know what? We can't live like this because that's not the kingdom of God living. And then we get this, this list of to-dos. But the fruit of the Spirit, next slide, Andrew. Nope, go back. Yeah, there we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. I love the word forbearance because it means patience. It, forbearance is such a rich word because it's just this act of, of active patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God says there's no law against any of those things. And those, to us, those of us who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Um, I just want you to think about how that, that list of to-do, that list of to-do is so freeing. God gives us so much that we can do and that list of to-do of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's so much that we can do in that and we are not limited in that. Our freedom of Christ actually is increased in that whole list. And so that makes me really excited to think about what God is gonna do in us when we live by that list and that freedom and that reality with each other in him. So again with your papers, <clears throat> next one, Andrew. Draw or write. This is where I want to give you some time um, just, to, just to have space to think um, in the next couple minutes. First of all, what do you need Jesus to free you from as you consider what he has already done when he gave his life for you on the cross, forgiving you and giving you new life? So today, is there something that you're like, you're aware of? God, I need you to free me from this. It could be unforgiveness. It could be, you know, I, I have, um, I work with all kinds of people in the counseling relationship and, and I have somebody that, that asks, how do I, how do I receive freedom from guilt for something I did? But faith is, faith and, and God is no part of that. You know, so you think about if, if we can be freed for something, God will do it for us, but we have to let him do it. Maybe today you're at bullet point number two. Write down or draw what can you thank him for today as you look back and consider what used to keep you in sin's chains. And the third one, too, is definitely um, marching orders for this week. What are some ways you will seek to be in right relationship with another brother or sister in Christ in your life? You know, remember the focal point of this is that when we live in, in the beautiful freedom that we have in Christ, the reality of freedom in Christ, we'll be in right relationship with God and others. And so is there somebody this week that God is bringing to mind that you need to be in right relationship with? Maybe write that down, pray about that, offer that to him. So I'm gonna give you a few minutes to work on that. Then we'll close in prayer.
I'm just going to pray as we close in worship today. Father, thank you for the free salvation that you give us through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for making us aware of our deep need for you and that we can't live a free life truly without you. Lord, whatever it is this morning that you're calling us to, whatever it is that you're reminding us that we can rejoice and be thankful for, whatever it is that you are reminding us to to make right with another or to think about what we're doing and is that for another another's freedom and benefit, God, I just pray that you will help us to be obedient to you, thankful for you, and Lord, that we would just rejoice today because of what you've done in, in us and through us because of your blood and the empty tomb. And we give thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen.